Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. If you're new here, welcome to the channel. This is Born and Raised Outdoors. I'm Cody. This is Trent. Like I said, we got Mark and Steve from XO. Um, we're here to entertain, educate, and inspire you. Um, it's all about big game, whether you archery, elk hunt, which is where this is mostly going. Um, deer hunt, anything out in the West, we pretty much do it here. So, I mean, the cool thing about this format is XO reached out to their audience and they got a bunch of questions on elk, hunter, elk hunting types of like, are we doing this right? You know, what does this look like and all that. So we're going to dive into some of those do a Q&A with the EXO listeners. All right, guys. So, yeah, Mark from the Hunt Back Country podcast here. And, you know, we get a lot of questions through the show um, that have a lot of common themes. And so what we've taken is a bunch of listener questions that kind of correlate. And we've put them together in some different segments and themes that we're going to talk about today. Uh, this first one we want to dive into is essentially for guys who are newer to elk hunting, maybe getting after it for a few years how do they know if they're doing it right? So you can go on an elk hunt, maybe have some encounters one year, struggle the next year, uh, struggle to close the distance. And so the journey of learning and growing and becoming an elk hunter, when you're not filling tags in those first few years, you know, it's easy to get down on yourself, kind of question what you're doing, question your tactics or understand, am I even doing this right? And so uh, that was a theme that came up over and over again. So if we kick this off with just that question, as you're growing as an elk hunter, Cody, let's start with you. In those first handful of years, like as you're learning but not filling tags yet, how do you know if you're even on the right track? I think that's probably like one of the harder questions to answer, honestly. Like if you look at the grand scheme of things, because sometimes I wonder, even ourselves, like, man, we're in a new area. It's it's uh, different habitat, different terrain, you know, all those things. And so we try to apply our, you know, cat road shuffle method and, Maybe it's a difficulty, you know, of turning things up. And I think for New Mexico last year, partly questioned whether we're approaching this thing right. Um, I think the, the biggest thing out of it, you know, going into season to have some goals. You know, it's like I want to hear a bugle. I want to, you know, try to get a close encounter. Set those goals going into that, you know, whether it's your first hunt or your fifth one. Uh, and then kind of take grade after the season of what what went right what went wrong and i think the mindset going into a hunt is i'm gonna try my goal is not to kill an elk i mean obviously ultimate goal right but but, yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay second second goal there is i want to learn as much as i can and and you know documenting that process i think is probably one takeaway um you know whether it's field notes when you're out there in the woods you know, journal, journal things. We, we've definitely done that in the past. And you always think back, of, you know, reading through some of those notes of takeaways that you, you have those aha moments, maybe not in, in the hunt, but afterwards. Um, and then as far as, am I doing this right? Are you having fun? You know, right. you know, I think that's overlooked a lot of times. This is, this is an enjoyable experience, something that I would never, never thought myself being in this position to go do. Um, and then on the hunting side of life, um, you know, 
did I see elk? Did I hear elk? Did I smell elk? Those types of things is, is definitely the progression level to start on a baseline. Mm-hmm. And then after you're in those elk, um, did I call effectively? You know, where did I make those mistakes when I, when I did? Did I check the wind? Oh, I didn't check the wind. And, and kind of have start through on that checklist of like, okay, I hear a bugle. What's my approach? What's the wind? First thing, what's the wind doing? Mm-hmm. Where are those elk headed? Are they headed down or are they headed up? Okay, where does that, what does the wind look like? And kind of go through a process, essentially, no different than shooting your bow. It's like the first thing you do, right? You knock an arrow, you check your grip. The same thing, you hear a bull bugle, okay, what's the wind doing? Where is he at? What's the next step? And I think once you go through there and you start making mistakes, you can kind of narrow and fine-tune the process of how you're going about it. Mm-hmm. What... I think one that comes up a lot is I'll talk to guys or, you know, you talk to guys and they go out there. Like we elk hunted for a week and we saw, like we heard one bugle or yeah. we saw one elk. And it, to me, it's like, okay, you need to find a new spot probably, right? right? right. Like, so yep. what are you using? What's kind of like a cutoff limit for you guys? I mean, 24 hours, you're not seeing fresh elk sign, hearing bugles. Like when would you pull, plug, move <laughs> the country? Because I think that's a lot of guys is my guess is they get in a new country they're from the from back east they come out to colorado they go hunting and they're just in the wrong spot so what do you yeah what are you using to gauge if you're in the right spot that is our biggest thing i think that we get questioned on and just the same way every sports show yeah i hunted for 21 days and i i heard two bugles and i'm thinking okay well did you think about moving (laughs) at all (laughs) yeah and that's our biggest piece of advice right off the bat. I mean, because all these guys, you know, you, you, you've got Onyx maps. You're doing your pre-plan. You're e-scouting, right, and doing all this and everything. And you find all oh, this road, roadless system that you can hike into. What we do now is, and we've changed our tactics. Actually, back in the day, we would go like eight days of food and everything and go back into a spot. Now we do three days usually. And if we haven't found elk or killed an elk or, you know, had great encounters in three days, we're going to be moving anyway. Yeah. So that is a huge thing is like have at least three spots don't just go to oh grandpappy saw elk here 20 years ago he was covered in elk i've already talked to him for an hour on where i need to go and then you get there and there's no sign i mean the first thing you look for is just sign i mean we're looking for bugles obviously and everything but you can tell where elk have been They're yeah. No, and, yeah and people They're get huge. hung up on hunting the country and not the elk, not the elk. you know it's right. like oh this beautiful meadow and there's a wallow in there it and looks then, elky yeah exactly yeah. and they'll literally hunt around that meadow you know i mean they they the they don't expand the radius of where they're going um and so they'll get stuck on or i've heard this time and time again it's like yeah two years ago i heard a bull bugle in this you know in this basin and they they literally stick to an area based on a previous experience and i think that's a um one of those things that you're probably doing it wrong if you're hunting based on a previous engagement of an elk you know mm-hmm. and that may be the first year they had an encounter there it stuck in their mind like this bull was screaming his head off in the meadow and they went back and hunted that same area and they, there's no fresh sign you know it's it's adapting to those uh weather people you know and, and all the, those kinds of fact outside forces so they'll yeah. get stuck in the rut of hunting the same thing yeah i think if guys aren't finding elk they do not even have an opportunity to learn as an elk hunter, right? So go. we talk about this theme of how do I know if I'm doing this right? Like it all starts with you have to create encounters, right? Like you have to make know your, make and make those fortune, mistakes yeah. even of having the wind right and the calling scenario and all right. that stuff. For guys who 
they are starting to get into elk. Maybe they're finding it, right? And, you know, you talked about the checklist and working down. Obviously, this is a big topic, but it comes up over and over again, specifically for archery, archery guys, is just closing that distance, right? So maybe the scenario where a guy does hear the bugle far off or, you know, he, he knows, okay, we've spotted elk here, we're seeing some sign. Um, super broad question, but specifically for closing that distance, right? For guys where that's the struggle, um, what do you think are some of the big difference makers there, Trent? That's a huge, broad question because um, there's been so many times, you know, and, and as bow hunters that have done it long enough that you can just talk to another bow hunter and say, yeah, I made it that 100 yards, you know, and then yeah. he just sat there on the ridge and bugled. I couldn't advance because there was wide open terrain. Like he wanted to see something. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to come any further, and that's what it was, right? So, I mean, but there's an encounter there, right? There's some things that we can learn from that, and Cody mentioned it a little bit earlier, and I used to do this when I was first elk hunting. Every day I would go out, I would, like, find elk, and then I would make a play or do something on them, and it would screw up or whatever but then i'd go back and i would like draw out the whole scenario of the hill okay what was the thermals doing at that time okay they probably winded me is what happened or some something of that nature and so every single encounter you learn from rather than going well screwed it up again let's just go try to find some more you try to actually analyze that whole scenario and just try to dial in on why why did they why did they not come in why you know and that's that's a whole we hear that all the time is he came 80 yards and he just stopped you know and he wouldn't come any further well elk they have you know they have vision they have smell they have all these different senses obviously he wanted to see something there and he wouldn't come any further because he wasn't totally convinced that that might not be an elk so yeah there's just these little things that that you know can key him off and and like you could speak for hours on this because there's so many different scenarios right but but i think that the big takeaway from it is just learning from when it happens just just kind of taking it all in and just being like okay first off what was the wind doing did they win me no they didn't win me did they see me okay did they hear me was i making too much noise was i not making enough noise was i not raking a tree or something what could have changed that scenario to make it actually play into my hand yeah so there's just so many things and and it's so much dynamic uh, to that whole scenario but at the same time i think for everything we can at least speculate and learn from it yeah and and i think too like on the right track and, I, and this goes for i would say the deer hunter or the whitetail hunter that's grown up that daylight daylight to 9 a.m mm-hmm. and then you know 5 p.m to dark like there's your window and those are probably two of the smallest windows for us to actually kill the elk Getting on them and you know locating them, great. But I think a lot of times on that right track is like, well, the bull just bugled and moved off, and then they don't pursue it. And it was nine o'clock; it was getting warm, and they're back to camp, or you know they're done for the day. And that I think for the, on the right track of an elk hunter is like, I'm going to stay on that bugle until like I've t- exhausted everything, and I cannot find him, can't figure out where he went, because that. Um, I would say that midday is is a window of time that a lot of people give up and the midday madness and getting them killed is more effective in that sense. So I think if you're on the right track, you're not going back to camp at 9 a.m. You know, that that hunt all day mentality. I remember hunting the first year Land of the Free of Colorado with you guys. That's something I really learned was like, yeah, bull bugles and you chase them all morning, but he's just going away from you and you're thinking, oh, I'm pushing away. And really, you're just heading to a bedding ground. And there was multiple times where we bullshit up and then we're like on onyx and you guys are like all right well let's go in this direction there's a bench up there let's 
let's hike half a mile and bugle into that bench and then bam there's the bull again we call him in and kill yeah. him like it was definitely like persistence there was pretty critical yeah i think yeah. a lot of people think like you have this bugle in your hands right and you just blow it and they're supposed to just come in just fighting and just ready to die you know and not the not the case <laughs> not the case they, they're still out there and and i always go with the scenario you never know what happened last night right in the dark you never know if that bull kicked his butt and he's scared now of you know kind of scared and tiptoeing around you never know what happened in the dark you never know if he already bred three or four cows and he's just like i'm done i'm tired i'm headed out you you never know so you got to play every scenario like it's like it's like it's a brand new scenario and weigh all your options right yeah what do you say to the the mindset piece of this because guys who are in the struggle for the first few years i mean uh it's easy to look at you guys with a lot of consistency and success and social media and all that and it's uh i feel like observing talking to a lot of guys they think that their struggle is like almost unique to them and not fully realizing like no that's just normal right like that's part of becoming an elk hunter especially an archery elk hunter right is just putting that time in and sometimes it takes a few years to learn that's those just lessons. that's just we've been super blessed with the time that we've been able to in just the last few years when we all had full-time jobs it was you get that seven days you know seven yeah. to ten days and that's realistic for a lot of the people probably watching this you've got seven days mm-hmm. to go out there and you don't have a whole season to screw it up and to learn and to you've got seven days that you're taking off work that you're taking away from your family that you're i mean you're dedicating right so i think the big takeaway on this is like dedicate that like be focused on those seven days and you have that amount of time to learn as much as you can about elk and don't give up don't just go out and just be like ah, i didn't find them uh, i'm just gonna call the wife yeah they they missed me you know how many times do you hear that and then i went home early i went home after four days didn't see him dedicate your time to really really trying to just work your butt off those seven days and i would say good things that most of the time will happen yeah, and too, I mean, there. I know I didn't kill my first bull until I was eighteen, and I'd elk hunted since I was twelve. You know, and pretty hard every year. So there was six, seven years to that learning curve, mm-hmm. and then it was the next year didn't kill him, and then you know, and then it's like once you get in the cycle and understanding the process and figuring out how to it, I would say yes, there it does. You you don't make the same mistake twice. It doesn't get any easier. It's just right. like. You, you kind of learn, but it's not the, the guy that comes out elk hunting his first time ever. Chances are <laughs> pretty low that you're going to kill one the very first year or the second year. Like it, overall odds, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, I think you just got to stick with it and understand, you know. And I think the people worry about the mindset of, I, I don't want to fail. Well, mm. failing is not going, like not even trying. There's your number one failure. If you go, you get a tag, you go experience something that you never thought you were able to, like huge win, that's a successful trip. You got into elk, you heard a bull bugle, like build on that experience. Yeah. So, And it's, fr- I mean, I, I think it's super intimidating. I mean, we are pretty blessed because we live in places like Idaho and places with mountains around and, and we're in Oregon right now with hills all over. Say you're from Pennsylvania, flatland, whitetail, and you've never been out to the Rocky Mountains before and you get a tag and you're just like going to Colorado, going yeah. to 10,000 feet 
and you get there, that's got to be intimidating as hell. I would assume, man. It's got to be like, okay, I'm supposed to climb that and go after this giant animal that screams at me. And, you know, I mean, I couldn't imagine. And we've been pretty spoiled with what we've got to do over the years, you know. So it's like, it, it's it's definitely plays with your mind a lot, I would assume. And it, it takes, you know, it just takes that vision to just keep, keep at it. Yeah. Go back to, am I doing this right? Like, to, am I in the right country? I think it's a a huge one what define like you're in new elk country how long are you spending in there before you pull ship like you know what i mean like <sighs> you gotta be i mean maybe you're seeing tracks everywhere and rubs and stuff like that right. but they're just you're not like you gotta be bumping elk you gotta be hearing bugles you gotta be smelling elk like if is it 24 hours or are you giving it three days i would say that 48 hour two days yeah i'd say yeah. day and a half to two yeah half to two. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it goes about the freshness of the sign like right. that that's and it there's rub rubs are the indicator like number one if i'm seeing a lot of last year's you know old years rubs and a few fresh ones it's like okay they're they're definitely this is a consistent running grounds like mm-hmm. let's stick it out and figure out exhaust all opportunity if you're not seeing rubs then it's like that rubs are like number one for me uh, and we'll normally do like instead of just going Here's the pickup, trailhead, whatever you, you know, straight out, up, didn't see nothing straight back. We'll make a loop a lot of times just to cover more ground, just to not see the same ground twice. So we'll take and make a loop back. and um, Elevation it, bands. Yeah, yeah. I'm certain. I really like what we did, uh, Land of the Free 2.0, where we hiked, we parked two rigs. Yeah, did, that was did awesome. like basically through hikes. I think that's a super solid Way more strategy. Effective. Yeah. yeah, cover a lot of country and then yeah. find them. And then we did find them, and then the next day came back specific to that spot right yeah right thank god it was close to the road (laughs) (laughs) love roads yeah love roads that's another good tip what's that don't work too hard if you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) something spec and you guys don't don't understand (laughs) you just don't don't get it you just don't get it yeah Uh, i think that's honestly changing just like more guys are willing to go deeper into the backcountry right which is great but You know, it used to be you could go, well, I'm going to go six miles here or whatever and expect to find isolation. Now it's like you may find more groups of people. So you have to get work smarter and harder in a way and not yeah. just go some I'm of, just going deep. Some right? of the better hunting's half a mile off the road now. Right? Yeah, it's true. To overlook yeah. Spots. Yeah. That mid zone, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Anyway. Cool. This is yeah. the backcountry podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, so it's going to be my bad. Yeah. It's all right. As far as if you know you're doing it right, consistent in elk hearing elk seeing elk you know smelling elk those those if you're consistently on a day-to-day basis and you'll have those those elk moving cycles so it's like if you've been in them for two days and then all of a sudden couldn't find them that day it's not necessarily that they're like gone they're just in a different area that you know you could not hear them they couldn't hear you scenario maybe the conditions change it's windier that day you know your sound or the calls don't travel as well like those are an indicator like okay we can stick out another day like i feel confident we've been in them for two days and we've had it where all of a sudden it's like dude this is ghost town what happened and then the next day you find them again and you're in the mecca you know so don't just get discouraged with one day if if you had consistently been in in elk we call them wins right yeah get your wins for the day so in the filming and stuff like that we said did you get a win today well what that means is did we get like maybe elk on film did we get a good calling scenario did we get some really good stuff so as a bow hunter 
maybe get your wins. Like you can build on those every single day. So you'll know that, you know, I got a win today. I got a bull to respond to me. That could be one big win for you, you know? And then the next day, okay, well, he actually responded and he came closer or something like that. Just keep building on, on your success. And even though it's not shooting an elk is the win, maybe it's just, you know, have them not wind you and get close to him. That's a big win for the day and, and build on that stuff, you know, every yeah. single time out. 